What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we're going to react to Girl Defined's most recent video called Should a Christian Single Woman Pray for Her Future Husband? And the reason I thought we should react to this is because Paul and Morgan's next 24 hours with is with the ladies from Girl Defined, and I'm assuming we're going to get to hear from some of their husbands as well. It looked like they were spending time with them as a couple, um, well, as couples with uh, Bethany and Dave and then Kristen and Zach. So I figured in honor of that coming up, let's go ahead and see what Girl Defined have been up to, see what they said in their most recent video. And then when that 24 hours with episode comes out, we'll react to that together as well. That's pretty much all I have as far as an intro. If you've been watching my channel for a long time, you know who Girl Defined are. You don't necessarily need um too much backstory here. So we'll just hop right into it after we do win for the week. And if you are new around here, a win for the week is where you just share something positive that happened to you over the past week that you would consider a win. It can be big or small, just something that made you laugh, something that made you feel joyful, something that made you grateful, whatever it may be. If you consider a win, I want to hear it and celebrate with you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. My win for the week is that last Friday, I went with my brother to an event called Night to Shine. It was amazing. Like it was something else. This is an event that has um, been, it's been established for quite a few years, but I've never gone before. And it's basically um, like a prom kind of dance for high schoolers and adults with disabilities. And so um, my parents were taking my brother, my husband and I decided to tag along and just see what was going on and uh, have a good night out. And literally this event was amazing. They had a red carpet for all of the attendees to walk down. They had a bunch of um, cheerleaders from the local high schools and then also from Grand Canyon University there cheering everybody on as they walked down the red carpet. They had boutonnieres, they had tiaras, they had crowns, they had a hair, like a hair, um, a hair stand. They had a section with mirrors and tools to do hair if any of the girls wanted their hair done in like an updo. And something that I found so amazing, like this was probably one of the most incredible parts of the night, is that for every person who was attending, there was a buddy there, like a one-on-one -on -one buddy who would be there with them throughout the night, who would take them into the event, who would help them get seated, help them get their dinner, hang out with them on the dance floor, make sure they got glow sticks, make sure they had a good time. And there was a respite room for parents and guardians. So it really was just like an event for them. And the buddies made sure that they were covered. Of course, there was like emergency contacts on their name tags and like special instructions and stuff like that. So if anything like popped up, obviously they had a way to get a hold of the parents or the guardians, but it, like it was an event for them. And then all of the parents and guardians were in a completely separate area. And I thought it was really nice that in that separate area, they also had food and drinks. They had this really big charcuterie board. They had um, like pulled pork, pulled chicken, they had coffee, they had cocoa. So it really was just something like, this is for them. Like this party is for them. You go sit, go sit, relax, have a good time. And then they had cameras inside of the dance and TVs in the respite room. So you could see what was going on at the dance. And it was just so cool. So well done. My brother had a great time. He loved it. And um, 
I, I just, it was so incredible, again, to like see all of the effort that went into it, how the amount of volunteers that were there, people smiling, people having a good time. It was truly just an amazing event. And so that is my win for the week. And I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. Without any further ado, let's get into this reaction. Today on the Girl Defined Show, we are talking about whether or not single Christian women should pray for their future husbands. That is something that I did. I literally wrote an entire box of prayers and letters to my future husband, hoping, dreaming, praying that one day he, this man would come into existence and I could gift him these letters. And now as a woman who's been actually married for several years, I look back and I'm like, was that the best idea? Is that biblical? Like, is this a good thing for single women to do? I mean, you think praying, like, of course, it's always good to pray, but is it actually good to pray for a man that may or may not exist? Let's jump in. No. Hey, Sisterhood. It is Kristen and Bethany What's here. Up, we are sisters and so pumped that you're joining us for this conversation because for us, this is kind of like full circle. Yeah. When we first started Girl Defined, we talked a lot about praying for your future husband, the power of praying for him, strategies to pray for him, five ways to pray for him, yeah. a free download to pray for him. I mean, we had it all. This is probably like eight, nine, I don't know, 10 years yeah. ago. And we've had a wow. lot of time to think. In fact, I am coming on 13 years of marriage, Whoa. which is crazy. So even back then when we started Girl Defined, I had only been married for a couple years and I was fresh off of that, like dating before that, praying for my future husband. And so as time has gone on and we've talked to a lot of single women and just reevaluated our own hearts in our singleness and this mm -hmm. whole idea and this kind of cultural Christian push for single women to pray for your future husbands, we've had some conversations and we're like, you know what? We think a little bit differently about this now than we did 10 years ago. And the advice that we would give to single women now isn't exactly the yeah. same as it would have been a decade ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so hard when you're I will say something that I've noticed about Bethany and Kristen over the years is that in certain situations, they are willing to say, hey, we used to say this and now our beliefs have changed a little bit. They're willing to reflect on certain things that they've said in the past and acknowledge that they might not believe that same way anymore. I do wish that in general they would... Um, <sighs> like be more reflective in the ways that their words impacted the people who were watching their channel or reading their blogs or reading their books at that time. I think that that's an area where they could improve. But it is nice to see somebody who is a religious or like two girls, two women who are religious social media influencers willing to be like, mm, our thoughts have changed instead of just continuing to double down on things because that's what they've said in the past. And it's like, well, I said that and I can't be wrong. Like, so that's what it is. Like this old belief that I had, even if I don't align with it anymore, I'm not going to denounce it. I'm just going to be like, well, I said it and it is what it is. So I appreciate that they do have a little bit of reflectiveness and willing to admit change. But I think that there are additional steps forward that we could take in this journey. And I'm interested to hear what they have to say about this topic in particular. Single. You yeah desperately long for this, you know, marriage, this relationship, this closeness, which is a good right. desire. That's what we want to emphasize. Like it is good to desire marriage. God created us that way. We talked about this, you know, we've talked about this so much. Like if we didn't have those sexual longings and that pull, like what would drive you to marriage? Like, you know, like God created us with that pull so mm -hmm. that we actually move toward that relationship. But it can be so hard when you're like, 
I don't know if that will happen. And nowhere in scripture does the Bible ever guarantee that marriage will happen for every person. Yes, it is his norm. And most people statistically and just the way the world keeps on operating and (laughs) the next generation comes into existence. Right. Marriage is, you know, on the table for most people, um, but it's not a guarantee. And so how do we approach this conversation of asking ourselves, is it a good thing? And is it right? And is it a good use of our time? especially to those that are single, obviously, to spend time writing letters, to spend time Mm -hmm. praying for, you know, this man, to spend time. Like, is that a good idea? And I know we both talked Mm -hmm. about how we did this. I'm trying to think, where did we hear this idea? Okay. So I remember first hearing about it. We were at a summer camp, a Christian summer camp through our church. I think I was like 13 years old. And I remember one of the leaders talking about like the the female leaders sharing with all of us girls, how she had prayed for her future Mm. husband and how it was a really great idea as a single woman. And granted, I'm like, can't can't even be considered a single woman yet. You're like like 13. 13. But still, I think she was just, it was so well-intentioned, like inspiring us. Like, you know, if you're going to get married, he's out there. Why not start praying for him right now? Which is a very valid point, which we're going to get into because I know right off the bat, you might be thinking like, why are we even talking about this? Of course, this is a great idea to pray for your future husband, but there's more that we want to unpack here. So I remember hearing that and being so inspired and thinking, yes, I'm going to start doing this today. Mm. And I remember getting a three by five little card, like those little, you know, lined note cards. And I remember writing out a prayer, like, dear Lord, I pray for my future husband. I pray that he would be a godly man, that he would love you, that wherever he is in the world right now, because he's alive somewhere, you know, it's like that thought you have, right? A single woman, like he's out there somewhere. Where is he? And, you know, I pray for him right now. And I remember writing this card and at the time in my life, I had a little prayer box. It's how I would keep track of my prayer request my prayer cards before I used an app because there were no cell phones back then. And I had all my prayer cards. I remember adding it to my box and praying that prayer card for at least a decade. I mean, I got married. It was the same. It was the Okay. Um, I mean, I knew that they had done this. I get kind of the spirit behind praying for a future husband and like praying that they would possess certain qualities and like you know, Lord, I hope you're taking care of them wherever they are. I can't wait to meet them. I I guess I can understand that impulse or that idea. But I do think it's kind of weird to tell that to a bunch of 13 year old girls like, this is what I did. And you should do it too. It kind of gives the impression that they have to get married, that like, this is what their focus should be on. They should be, they should be focused on praying for their future husband until they get that future husband. Like you're putting that into a 13 year old's head of this is your goal. Pray for this. And I'm sure that the leader did not say that's the only thing you should pray for. This is the thing that you should pray for the most, but 13 year old girls are hormonal, can be a little bit obsessive sometimes, can kind of let the emotions get the best of them. And so it wouldn't surprise me if some of those girls started fixating on this prayer of, for my future husband, this is what I'm going to think about and pray about all the time. So I just think maybe it's a little bit odd. I'm not sure if it's the best choice to tell a 13 year old girl to start doing that. Maybe she should pray for clarity on what she should do with her life as she gets older. Maybe she could pray for um, opportunities to learn new skills. She should pray for great friends, whatever it may be, but not necessarily focusing on a guy. Same card, but as time went on, I added to it. I added more prayer cards. I added more prayers. You know, I changed my methods to journaling and things like that. But it was something that I thought of a lot and thought about a lot. And 
And so for me, it was just kind of like a habit, a norm. And I thought like, this is a really great thing yeah. to do. I know yeah. you kind of, you, yeah, well, I feel I like you were even more involved. Like it was more dedicated. I don't think I ever wrote the letters. Really? Journaled a ton. Like I was, remember I my diaries? Lady. I remember you, my diaries. Yes. Oh, like you I were had, the diary lady. I never missed a day for like 15 years straight. Yeah. Like I would like write in my diary, my journal every That's single so day and praying for my husband, like talking to the Lord about my future husband was very much a yeah. part of that. Yeah. But like wow. letters to him, I'm trying to remember. So I definitely did that. And I can't yeah. remember where I heard that, but I definitely was inspired to do it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just an idea I had. And the idea was that you would write all these letters and they weren't just letters like dear future husband. They were prayers. They were so, okay. it was all encompassing. And so I wrote, was the idea like one day you're going to give yes. these to your, okay. Yeah. So one day you're going to give your husband like this yes. box of letters. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, when it happens and it all works out the way that eventually you want, it's this super inspiring, oh my goodness, look at this godly woman, look at these prayers for her future husband. And it's just like, oh, like it's really comes across as so beautiful and so amazing. And everyone, you know, especially if you post like a reel or talk about it. And I've done that before. And it's been so like, oh my goodness, this is like the dream because eventually that did become a part of my story. But as Mm -hmm. I think back, you know, writing these letters, I probably wrote them, you know, for like, you know, I starting at 14 to maybe, you know, what, 30 when I got married. Wow. 15 plus years. years, And I have this whole, and I, I mean, I, I've given it to Dave and so he does have it. And we've actually read through some of them together and it is kind of bizarre, like (gasps) looking back and reading these and and hilarious to see this young Bethany writing these letters (laughs) and there Dave is, but it's, it's just so, I mean, it's, it's really sweet and stuff because we have these fun, you know, prayers and thoughts that I had and we're experiencing them together. But I I think of myself as like that 14, 15, even then 21, 25, Mm. 28. And I wasn't getting married. And I just look back and I'm like, huh? Like, was that knowing at that time, I didn't have a ring on my finger. I didn't know who my future husband was. And I spent a lot of time thinking and wondering and, you know, longing and just hurting too. Like, I don't have this thing in my life. I don't have this person. And it was so hard. And I just wonder if spending so much time focusing on this Mm. potential, you know, thing that could happen in my life, but it also could not, but praying about it, like it will happen was healthy for me. Cause I know a lot of single women really struggle with contentment, with purpose, with thriving and not, you know, just see Like, that's what I'm saying. If you are spending so much time focusing on praying for a future husband or writing letters to a future husband, where is the satisfaction in your life as it is? And I'm not saying that everybody who does this or did this was being obsessive about it, but I could see how it it could become obsessive. I could see how this would be all-consuming if like for 15 years you are writing letters to a future husband that you don't have yet, that from the age of 14 to 30, like, I could see how that would make somebody really just focus on wanting to find a husband, like wanting to find that person to fit this mold, to fit these letters. This is my focus. This is what I got to do instead of focusing on the good things going on in their life right now. And again, I'm not saying that everybody did that who wrote letters to a future spouse or prayed about a future spouse, but I could see how it would become an obsessive thing. And I, this isn't like a a super serious thought, but I'm like, what do you do if you write a letter being like, I pray that my future husband is like this and this and this, then you meet the person you're going to marry, you end up getting married, you give them the letter and they read it and they're like, 
That does not describe me. Like, is that weird for them? Did you read through the letters before you gave them to Dave and take out any that you thought would like make him feel bad of like, oh, maybe he doesn't align with this one. Or like maybe because, you know, if she starts at 14, maybe she's like, I want someone who's six five and whatever, because she's pretty tall. So I could see her being like, they have to be taller than me. And then Dave ends up being shorter than her. Is there something that she like peeked through and was like, mm, take that one out real quick? Or did she just toss the whole box at him and say, here you go. You're welcome. Like, oh, will any guy ever notice me? Well, maybe him, maybe him. Always on the lookout. You go into a coffee shop and you're like, maybe him, maybe him. You know, anywhere you go, you're always looking out. And I just wonder if yeah. some of these Yikes. habits that were started by, I'm sure, well-meaning Christians and that we perpetuated, obviously, mm -hmm. like, are these really mm -hmm. the best advice for single women? Another thing I remember, which is really interesting as we're talking about this, is kind of in that same circle of advice, was that if you started to date someone or, like, court, whatever, that when you were having any physical interaction, they wanted you to imagine that your future spouse was like their mm. eyeballs were like right there. Like they were there watching. And so whether it was this Ooh. person or someone else, and that was a way of like keeping your boundaries like and check accountability. And again, I look back at that at the time I was like, Oh my goodness, that's so honoring. That's so amazing. Like you're just, you know, you're doing all this and you're saving yourself for this, this person. But when I look back and think of that advice too, I'm like, well, what is the motivation in mm. that? You know, like, should you be doing that specifically for a person or ultimately to honor the Lord? Mm. You know, like, should you be living and uh, like honoring this person, but also honoring like, God, I want to live this way in integrity for you first mm -hmm, and foremost, mm -hmm. not because I want, you know, just because I have this like, oh, my, my person in the future. I don't know. There's just so many ideas that I yeah. wrestle with now. I, I think that that's a really good point. And I like that she's questioning the motivation behind it. Like, what is the reason that I'm picturing my potential future spouse watching me do this? Like that's that that concept in and of itself is quite weird it's controlling it is not a healthy mindset to have is like thinking about your future spouse judging what you are doing in the moment like I I think that Bethany made a good point of I want to make sure I'm living in integrity with the Lord and what I'm doing is the right thing and I think you should also take into account like how do I feel about this thing that I'm doing what do I want to do how do I want to be what do I want my morals and ethics and boundaries to be and does this align with it I like that she's kind of starting this line of questioning where I'm like, was this the best idea? So that's, I mean, it's a yeah, conversation. And I think that is a great way to ask it. Like, is it the best? Because I think what we're talking about here isn't, we're not drawing a hard line in the sand and saying this is wrong and sinful and this is right and godly and righteous, right? Like yeah. it feels a little more nuanced than yeah. that. Like that's why we're having this conversation because it's not just something I think you can throw a blanket statement. Like even your example with, yeah. you know, imagine your future spouse. Well, a lot of people could take that as wow, that's actually really inspiring and encouraging me to think about the fact that this person I'm with, I'm not married to. So it is good to think about how I'm treating them, how I'm interacting with them. Like, am I, am I honoring the Lord? Would my future spouse be honored by this? But then there's that pitfall of like, well, what's the motivation? Yeah. Is it just because your future spouse like about them or is it truly cultivating a heart of worship and like genuine yeah. purity, caring for this person that you're in that relationship with in that moment, trusting the Lord, seeking yeah. counsel? Like, so it's, it is very nuanced. And I think, so I want to say that up front and say that I think there could be some positives, yeah. right? For praying for your, for your future husband as a single woman. Um, I look back on that and I don't necessarily regret it. Like, oh, I wish I had never done any of that. But what I look back on and wish is that I had spent more of my time 
focusing on becoming the right woman of God rather than focusing so much time and attention and thought and emotion and prayer, but a lot of emotions and like desires wrapped up in that praying for this man, you know, like wanting this godly man. And Right. So it's like I should focus on me and my life, my contentment, my development, what my life is going to look like as opposed to just worrying about who I'm going to marry. Not as much focus on, but what kind of woman am I becoming? And I don't know what the future holds. And I think that's one of the huge pitfalls is that, you know, like you didn't get married till 30. Well, what if you never got married? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What if you never got married and you have all of these letters, all of these Mm -hmm. journals, all of these prayers that you have been pouring your heart into for years, for for 15 years, you know, plus it would be more if you never got married. And what, you know, what would be the reaction to the Lord in that? Would it be like, God, you didn't hold up your end of the deal. I'm not saying you would respond this way, but like the temptation could be, where, where's my man? (laughs) Like I've been praying for him. Where is he Lord? And I think that takes us back to the whole conversation we had with all the stuff with I kiss dating goodbye and the Josh Harris conversation. We did an entire Mm. um, video on that. So Mm -hmm. if you go to our YouTube channel, YouTube slash girl defined, you'll see that video. And a part of that conversation. So I actually had like an hour long phone call with Josh Harris because we were talking about being in his documentary that he was going to have on Ike's Dating Goodbye, you know, purity culture, all of that. This time, and this was before he kind of came yeah. out and said, like, I'm, he's I'm no longer a Christian. Yeah, it was, it was before right that. before that. And he had asked us to be in his video. And w- yeah. when we were talking, he was telling me that he was, at that time, I was totally single and I was actually like content and thriving in my singleness. And really, like, I didn't feel like his books had scarred me or like I was just so miserable, like God was holding out on me. I'd come to a point where I really was learning to trust God and thrive. And what was interesting is that he was telling me that was not the norm in his conversations and in his experiences with the work that he did with I Kiss Dating Goodbye and all of that, what he kind of became known for. He was saying that the majority were women who felt like they had been I guess like tricked, I don't know, like, okay, live this life. And then God will give you this, you know, reward. And a lot of them, it didn't happen. So they were like, God, I gave you my best. Why didn't you give me your best? And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way at that time. And he was like, oh, this is really interesting because most women do feel this way. And it was kind of like eye opening to me. Like, you know, this is why we have to be careful about the messages that we share with other Christian women. Yeah. Like we have a responsibility in this because if we are presenting this idea, like, yes, pray for your future husband. If you are just this godly woman, you know, it can come across mm. almost like when you give God your best, when you do your best, then you will get that future husband one day. And we can also translate that into, okay, on my timeline, he will be this kind of man. Yes. Everything will be happen- And it's like, no, mm. none of that is actually guaranteed. And so that's why it's important for us to actually say, what is true? Does scripture say this anywhere and what's not? And I was just thinking like, okay, when we look to scripture, what does God actually call single people to? Yeah. Does he call them to pray for their future spouses? Like I can't recall mm-hmm. any verses. <laughs> you know, I mean, one in the Psalms. No, but seriously, right, you know, like there could easily, there's verses, right. In, that talk about for single women to not stir up love, yeah. right. In Song of Solomon to not stir up or awaken love before it's time. I think that's talking more about like sexual purity yeah. and not stirring up sexual desires before you're, you know, in marriage and you can fulfill them. I mean, there's but, Proverbs where it talks about the wife, though, she does him good all the days of her life. I used to take that as, okay, and it might still, I think it's still like a good thing, but I don't know the, the biblical grounds mm. of it of saying like even a singleness, she does him good. those are part of her days. Even yeah. So yet. there's, there's that idea that scripture can kind of play into it, but I don't, we don't see any specific mm-hmm. commands for single people to basically like live as if their spouse exists and they need to be praying mm-hmm. and 
you know, like battling for this future spouse, yeah. like in prayer, like, oh, I just have this sense that something's going on in his life. I'm just going to be in prayer mm. for him. He could be, you know, in New York. He could be, I say New York, you have a New York shirt <laughs> on. I'm like, what state can I think of? You know, he could be in Germany, wherever, you know, these, you, he could be somewhere across the world. And I just need to, I don't know what's going on in his life right now, Lord, but I just pray for him. You know, we, we kind of come up in some ways. I think mm. it can. I like this conversation so far. I like the concept of saying like, this is what I did and here's the experience I had. But as I've gotten older, I just want to reflect on if that was the best choice and let's talk about it. And then going into scripture and saying like, well, like here's a way that you could take this verse, but I don't know if it's really meant to be taken like that. I like going into the gray in the depths of taking things from the Bible and really trying to critically think about them instead of just finding something that fits your narrative on its face and being like, see, here we go. This backs up my point. I like that they're acknowledging that you can read a verse and it could mean one thing or it could mean something else. There could be multiple ways to interpret it and it's okay to talk about those. I also find it humorous to see Bethany poking fun at like, you don't have to pray because you can just sense your future husband's experiencing a hardship or he's going through spiritual warfare. So I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I like, I like hearing her kind of make those jokes and poke fun at some of the things that might be um, well-intentioned, but potentially a little bit silly. Honestly, I like seeing them have mature conversations like these. For some reason, this kind of setting and this the context of this conversation feels more mature than what we typically see from Bethany on Instagram. I know that she talks about sex and sensuality and everything that goes into that and that's like a mature topic but for some reason the way that she talks about it on Instagram feels very juvenile and so having this conversation um, while they are being a little bit goofy and like making jokes it does feel like an adult conversation that's happening become a little like superstitious and almost like mm. we're we don't know so oh this is why I want to take like a big step back and really like think about what is a better focus for single women that truly will set them up for a life of thriving and purpose and yeah. true pleasure and satisfaction in the Lord, whether a man ever enters that picture or not. And for me, as I look back on my mm. singleness, I, I tell you that when I was talking to Josh Harris and I was thriving and really content in my singleness, it hadn't always been that way. I had to get to this point of truly yeah. asking myself, do I trust the Lord? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then we have that other passage where it talks about how in God's presence, there is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so it's just this whole idea of in this moment, in that moment of being singleness, where I didn't have a ring on my finger, I wasn't in an intentional, serious relationship at that point. I was just single Pringle Bethany what should the focus of my heart be? And I think that scripture guides us to mm. trusting in the Lord in that season, fully and completely trusting that, okay, if I'm single, I need to live fully and completely as a single woman. And I can thrive in this. And I need to know that ultimately, whether I have a man or not, ultimate satisfaction is found in God's presence, like through prayer, through, mm. through being in the word, through fellowshipping with other believers, like the plan that he has set for, out for us for being in communion with him, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And so I think there are so so many, like so many better, what do you say? Like so many, um, there are much better things we could be doing with mm. our time rather than focusing and praying and kind of dreaming and hoping and wrestling with this thing that may or may not come into existence. So I really like how you talk about, yeah. we should focus on becoming the godly woman rather than just pining after 
the godly man we Hmm. hope for. Okay, so I have a question, which I think a lot of people are going to be wondering. Do you regret all of the letters that you wrote and the time you spent on those? Like looking back and even having given them to Dave, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't regret it. It's not like a regret. Like I said, around Mm -hmm. thinking about it, I honestly don't think about it that much. And here's what's really funny. This is what's so funny. Okay. This is really funny to me. (laughs) I'm all ears. There are so many letters y'all because I said like 15 years. How many are we talking? Was it once a week, once a month? I have no idea. Probably when I was lonely. This is like a shoebox full. It's like this little container. It's like this metal container thingy. Okay. Like the size Um, of a shoebox maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Uh, but I think that's part of it too. Like when you're lonely, it's almost you like you create this, you're almost like your own romance. Almost like a little a fictional world. Yes. Hmm. A lot of it. And you enter into that, like you're feeling lonely. So you enter into uh. that and you almost write your prayers, but it's like, you're kind of like hoping into this future thing. Like but pouring it, your heart out to yeah, this man yes. versus even pouring it out to God. It's like, that kind of is it. Yeah. But okay, so I don't regret it. But with the funny part, the funny, funny, funny part is that there are so many <laughs> <laughs> that he hasn't even read them all. <laughs> oh, he, he hasn't wait, even, Dave hasn't even read all the letters. <sighs> no. And so, cause we, when I gave it to him, I, I literally forgot for like oh, a year after hilarious. we got married. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have all these letters for you. And so what's funny <laughs> is that like, once we actually got married, all of the letters and stuff, like it became less of like mm. this thing that I thought it this would big be moment. because it's like, half the time who I imagined I was writing to right. in those different seasons of right. life. It's like, I had no idea. And he's like, I wasn't writing these letters or thinking of Dave, you know? So in some ways it's almost like disconnected and like, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, it kind of goes along with the story of how I bought a wedding dress when we went wedding dress shopping for thinking Kristen. About that. Yeah, it's kind of the yeah. same. So uh-huh. she went wedding dress shopping when she got engaged. I was totally single as a Pringle as we've already We talk about this whole story in our book, not. That will never not be be something that just makes my jaw drop when I think about it is that Kristen was getting married they went wedding dress shopping for her and Bethany walked away with the wedding dress when she was single and even if she had been in a relationship or engaged that wouldn't make it any better you are literally here shopping for Kristen and Bethany's like "Mm, hold on though but what if it was about me but what if I got a dress. Isn't this perfect? Wouldn't that be amazing if I got a dress too? What? Again, that will never not shock me. And now we're hearing that Bethany didn't even give Dave these letters until like a year after they were married. You would think if these letters were so important and it was such an important thing to like developing your faith and your trust in God and praying for your future husband, that would have been a gift that you gave to him on your wedding day. That would have been something that's like, I have been saving these up for you and now I can finally give them to you. The fact that she didn't give them to him until a year after they got married just goes to show what Bethany said is true. When she was writing these letters, she was not even thinking of Dave. So much so that it took her a year to give them to him and he hasn't even read through all of them yet. What is the point in writing all of these letters to somebody that you don't even know who they're going to end up being? Like this this fictional person in your head. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about the kind of husband you want to have and you shouldn't like kind of make a list in your head of like, these are requirements that we would be really important to me or these are traits that would be ideal for them to exhibit. Of course, think about that. Like, when you go into a relationship with somebody, you should probably do it because they they align with things that you want for your life and not just because it's like, oh, well, here's a guy who likes me. I guess I'll date him. You should think about the type of partner that you want. But 
the thought of like writing all of these letters and having prayer cards is just a lot. Part of the plan. The book opens with yeah. this story of Bethany buying a wedding dress as she's single yeah. while I'm wedding dress shopping. And it was hilarious. So I bought this dress, this thousand dollar dress, because it was like at the time, you know, I was in my early 20s, like 22 or something. And it was my dream dress. I was like 20. I have no idea how early, early 20s dream dress. And I'm like, I'll never find it again. So I buy it like a thousand dollar dress. The lady, you know, you, you're supposed to give like your wedding date when you buy a dress and stuff. And I didn't have one. I'm like, just like pretending like maybe I'm still working on that, still working on the date. But what's crazy. This was why it connects to these letters mm-hmm. is that I bought this dress in that season, imagining like, oh my goodness, of course, this is the dress I would die to walk down the aisle to my future husband. And I mean, that's why I'm literally, I'm a hardworking single woman and I'm willing to fork over a thousand right. bucks on my own. Like back then that was even more, oh. you know, like that was a lot for a single young single yes. woman. But then 10 years later, eight years later, whatever, when I actually met Dave, I couldn't even mm. imagine walking down the aisle to him in that dress. It didn't represent me and our relationship in that season. It just was like, I, this does not like reflect. It wasn't his my, personality. It wasn't what he would even like. And it wasn't like us together. It just yeah. felt off and weird. And so I ended up getting a completely different yes. dress that I absolutely loved that really represented mm-hmm. like what I felt like our relationship was. And I just, it felt like that's what I want to walk down the aisle to Dave in. And so all that brings us back to these letters, like half these letters I wrote mm. almost feel like that dress. Like who yeah. were these for? And what was this too? Cause it doesn't even really feel like it was for days. Yeah. It well, it couldn't have imaginary, been. <laughs> yeah. Like some imaginary person. And so interesting. It's, and that's why yeah. we, it's not like this huge priority. Like we just need to see it and sit and we're just like weeping over how beautiful these letters are. He's we're like, like so, I'm so disconnected. Like, yeah. you don't even know I, I mean, he thinks it's sweet. No, he appreciates it, but we were reading. Um, quick correction to Kristen saying Dave's like, Oh, she didn't even know why I existed. Y'all met when he was in high school. So, yeah, I'd say that she did know he existed, but he wasn't the guy that she was thinking about when she wrote these letters over the course of 16-ish years. And just to add some additional context to that, because I'm not exactly sure what their ages were when they met. I know it's somewhere on the internet, but I don't feel like digging through the archives to find it. Um, This is from a description from one of the Girl Defined podcast episodes. I'm sure it's probably a YouTube video as well, but it's our Christian dating love story with Dave and Bethany. And in this description, it says, Dave and Bethany had many obstacles in their way, mainly being five and a half years apart with Bethany being older. They met way back in 2011 while Dave was a teenager and Bethany was already in her 20s. They do also make it a point to state their friendship didn't begin to form until several years from this first meeting, so I will include that as well for any sort of benefit of the doubt you might get from that. them together because we thought that would be so sweet, but it's just not this priority. Like, let's pull out the letters again. It's just kind of like, it is what it is, and it was fun to read through a few of them, but it's just not something I don't know. No, I relate to that. And when you were saying the thing about like the fantasy world and how it is, it's almost like a way to like a spiritual way to escape your singleness where where it feels very godly. Like I'm praying for my future husband. And I remember doing the same thing, not with the letters, but even with the prayers of like having intense longings for marriage, like in my later teens, early twenties, like I want this so bad. And so praying for him almost like willing it into existence. And in my heart, there was definitely a lack of trust in God, even in that act of like escaping to dream about this man. 
like, oh, but I'm not just obsessing or idolizing. I'm praying, you know? And I'm not saying that's what it is for everybody. Like we all have our own experiences if you've done this and you might have a completely different story. We're just sharing ours and kind of where our thinking is Mm -hmm. on this today. But I will tell you another pitfall for me looking back that I can see from practicing praying for my future husband, obsessing over him, getting very emotionally attached to this idea of getting married without knowing if it would ever happen. There are no guarantees. Yes, the majority of people get married. You already mentioned the statistics, but is it God's plan for you? You don't know when you're single. All you know is what's true for today. And that is that I'm single and my job is to glorify God, right? My job is to worship him and glorify him with my life, to serve him with my life. I don't know if I'm going to get married. So spending so much time, what it did for me is it, I think in my heart, it built a small idol of marriage. And we've already talked about this at the beginning, and we have an entire book called Love Defined, Embracing God's Vision for Lasting Love and Satisfying Relationships, talking about what is biblical love? What is biblical marriage? Like dating in a way that honors God. How do we do that? Like these are really important topics. Marriage is hugely important and extremely awesome and something like we've already said that God designed, but it can become an idol for sure. and it can very quickly become an idol when you're a single woman and you're longing for it and all your friends are getting married. And I remember for me wrestling in my heart with the fact that marriage, it had become an idol. I didn't see it at first, but I think part of what fueled that idol, honestly, is the time I spent thinking and assuming and praying for my future husband as if I knew 100% he was yeah. going to happen. So it was like, yes, God, marriage is going to happen. I don't know your plan, but this is mine and we're on the same team, right? Yes, 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 marriage is going to happen. And so I like elevating marriage in yeah. my life as a single woman to a place that where it was idolatry. Yeah. It wasn't even just, Lord, this well, is a wonderful, beautiful thing. If it's in your plan for me, would you bring a godly man into my life in your timing? But I trust you. Yeah. I'm surrendered. Like that wasn't my heart posture in, that, in those early days. Like I would say late teens, early singles, it was very much that marriage had become an idol. Something when you say that idol, I, like what do you mean? Like something that I, I kind of demanded in my heart. Like this is something that you are going to give me, God. I don't think I ever verbalized those words in my yeah. prayers to the Lord, but in my heart, my posture was, this is something that you are going to give me and you're going to give it to me soon, preferably in my early twenties when I want it. And all I have to do is just keep praying for him. Mm. And you know, he's going to any day now he's going to pop up. Like it wasn't yeah. a heart posture of surrender, but a heart posture of demand. Yeah. If that makes sense of like assuming God's plans rather than humbling myself before God and saying, not my will, but yours be done. And I trust you with that. So I, that's another pitfall that I'm seeing. And I'm also like, I want to kind of circle like full circle on this because I had a conversation recently on the podcast with Candace Waters. Oh yes. Uh And the title of the episode was get married, what single women can do to help it happen. And her, the entire conversation was not about praying for your future husband, but it was an intentional conversation about the fact that as single women, many of us, and same for me in my singleness, you have these desires, these longings that are good, but they can become idolatrous. Like you've got to keep the balance of trusting the Lord while desiring this good thing. But her whole point was as single women in a heart posture of surrender and trust, there are things we can do to intentionally prepare for marriage. We don't have to act like in our singleness. Well, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. So I'm not even going to think about it. Like it would be ungodly to think, to even plan, to even, it's like, no, that's not the point of this conversation. And in my conversation with Candace, she was saying there are godly things that single women can do to prepare for marriage. And one of the biggest ones was grow in your own relationship with the Lord. Like grow into a godly woman, asking the Lord to change you, ask him to use you. Like, how are you serving him? How are you getting in the word? How's your worship first and foremost, like grow into the godly woman that you know, God is calling you to be. So if he brings a man into your life, you'll be ready. Like your heart and your maturity will be at a place. 
I think that's the thing. Like that's that's what I wish was kind of focused on more in churches and organized religion because I do know because I've experienced that there is that push of kind of getting married early or finding your spouse or like focusing on your purity and making sure that you're maintaining that until you meet your future spouse because you're going to meet your future spouse and you want to make sure that you're pure for them and you want to make sure that like you're undefiled for that person as opposed to being like focus on you focus on yourself focus on your beliefs focus on your religion and just put in the work for you to be a person that you're happy with instead of that it's focusing on doing things for somebody else who may or may not exist, may or may not come into your life. And like Bethany and Kristen pointed out, and like I've talked about on my channel before, um, some people, according to the Bible, aren't meant to be married. And so it's just kind of counterintuitive to me logically then that organized religion puts so much focus on um, future spouses and like getting married and making sure that you are doing something uh, to be desirable to a future spouse instead of being like, am I happy with me? Am I am I doing what's good for me and my faith and my goals and my life? Like, am I a person that I like and that I feel um, aligns with who I want to be? No, it's like, let me worry about who I need to be for somebody else who I don't know who they are yet. Place where you can actually get married and be a blessing to them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just want to say like there's balance here in that there is a way, a God-honoring way to prepare for marriage, to plan for marriage, to even be intentional sure. about getting in a I church agree. where you can meet single godly men, where you're growing in your walk, where you have your eyes open. You're not like, oh, I'll just be blind until the Lord hits me over the head with the man. Like there's balance. So go back and listen to that episode That's too. Really good one. The one with Candace Waters, Get Married, What Single Women Can Do to Help It Happen. It was a very gospel-centered conversation around this whole idea. Um, but we're, I don't know, bringing up some of these pitfalls too, I think yeah. is really helpful. So let's bounce back and forth our own ideas of what we think could be helpful yeah. to do if spending so much time praying and writing letters is maybe not the best idea. What are helpful things single yeah. women okay. can do? I One, like I would say absolutely it's okay to desire marriage and to take proactive steps toward making that happen. Honestly, as a single woman, like that, that means taking proactive yeah. steps. You're like going to say, yeah. okay. That actually brought me a lot of peace because I was like, okay, I'm not hiding away like under some pillow somewhere, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm actually really proactive about being super involved in a local singles group. Like I literally joined a co-ed Bible study of sorts in our city specifically so that I could be around more single people so that I could put myself out there a little bit like and it was uncomfortable you know I didn't know you know a lot of people I was proactive about attending conferences where I knew there would be a lot of single people not in like a creepy way but like hey I want to get married I'm not ashamed of that desire and so I'm going to try to build community I'm going to get super involved in my church I'm going to you know and I hear a lot of single women who are like I don't my church, we just don't have any people. You know, it's like you have to make efforts. Like yeah. you, you might have to travel to a conference. You might have to really initiate that in your city. Like there, you might have to work a little bit at this to build that kind of community. And for me, it brought a lot of comfort knowing that I wasn't, like I said, hiding under some pillow somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like I was out there, I was building community and I could rest knowing like, okay, single men can find me, you know, like they can see me. And if God wants to bring me a husband, he easily could. Yeah. Like I am very available and I wasn't just there. Like I was friendly and I would talk to people. Um, and so that's something that I would encourage you to do. And the plus side is that you gain great community. And that is something that we all should have and is so beneficial and so life-giving to have deep mm -hmm. relationships with, with other, you know, singles, with other people in your season of life. And it can be hard if you don't have that. So that's something that was
I like that she added that part at the end about building community and how that's really important too, because that's what I was hoping she would say. And if she didn't, I was going to be like, also, like if you go to these and you don't need a man, like at least you are building friendships, you're building a support system because that is super important. It is crucial to have friends, to have a support system, to have people who are there for you outside of a future spouse. I cannot emphasize that enough. If you are not married yet and you are dating, you're about to get married, if you're engaged, maintain your friendships. You're not going to have as much time because once you are married, like you're focusing on building your life with that person, but maintain your friendships. Don't isolate yourself. It is good to have community. You need friends as an adult. And um, I think it's super important that Bethany said that she was building a community as well while she was attending those events. And she's right. Like, if you want to make friends as an adult, you have to put yourself out there. You cannot like, I mean, you could technically meet somebody online, like you could meet a friend online. Um, you could meet a group of friends online. You could find people that you really do connect with online. And that's super nice to have. And it's comforting to have, but in-person connection is also super, super important. So I agree with her on this point. Put yourself out there. That goes for friends and for dating super life-giving for me. And I made some amazing mm. friendships that I still carry to this day, like other amazing godly women that I developed friendships with during that season of being involved in these different groups. And as a married yeah. woman, woman, we're still friends. And so that's something I would really encourage you to do is just get super involved in your church, get super involved in other groups in your city, like make those efforts, save up, travel to those conferences, because that can be extremely encouraging. Mm -hmm. I would say, again, what we've already talked about multiple times is just growing into being a mature godly woman yourself because a mature godly woman is yeah. going to attract a mature godly man. Like oftentimes we have these lists of things that we want in a future husband, spiritual, and then just like the bonuses, like that he plays guitar and is sporty and all the outdoorsy, all these things. But are we even living up to the list that we're putting out For there, sure. right? Like on the spiritual side of things, like I want him to love the Lord and be passionate about the gospel and read his Bible every day. Like, like, let's yeah. turn that list on ourselves and really ask the Lord to examine our own hearts and say, Lord, am I pursuing these things? Like the very things I want in a godly man, because if not, then chances are a man who is all of those things might, yeah. might not see you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I would say that's really important. And then the other thing that- Another fair point. I'm with you, Kristen. Candace Waters actually talked about was- with the right heart posture, right? Like I have to give all the caveats that your heart is surrendered. You're trusting the Lord. You're desiring marriage. It is okay. And actually a good thing to tell the mm. people in your life, especially like godly role models, mentors, leaders in your church to just say, Hey, like I'm, I would love to get married. Yeah. Like I would love that. I'm praying for that. You know, if it's the Lord's will in my life, I'm trusting him, but just letting you know, if you see or meet for a sure. godly man, I am open to you setting us up or making a connection for me or just recommending, you know, this guy to me or me to him. 100%. Like for godly community, and Candace was talking about this, like the church should be the place first and foremost where we can meet people and where godly Christian couples are inviting single people over to their home and like trying to encourage connections sure. and relationships and even like matchmaking people in a, in a godly way, right? And I think that could be a beautiful thing. So not being shy about your desire, expressing it to people and just saying, hey, if you see someone or you know of something or you want to have me over with that other guy from church, like I would be open to that. Which is interesting because even as a married woman now, I... Okay, so we're doing a little bit of matchmaking here. I don't see anything wrong with this either. It's just talking to people that you know, people you trust, people you're close with being like, hey, I am a, I'm open to dating. I'm open to meeting new people saying that like, I want to get married, introduce me to somebody. 
is a little bit intense, but if, um, if you have that kind of relationship with them where you can be like, look, here's my end goal. So if you know anybody who seems like a good fit, send them my way. I'll respect your game. It's fine. I recently set some people up on dates and it, okay, it didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't work out with these people, but in the past I've done that many times and they've actually gotten married. And I remember as a single woman, I was telling people like, yes, please. You know, if you know someone, if you got a brother, if you got a cousin, got a friend, please send them my way. Um, and I think that is such a beautiful way to have those, those, you know, relationships happen in Christian community. It's like, it is so beautiful. So a complaint that I hear, this is kind of like my last thing. This is my last little pet peeve. I've got to say about something that you should be doing. Um, so I heard a single woman recently complaining about like, it's just so hard. Like there aren't any conservative godly men that actually like want a conservative godly girl. And there's just like a bunch of complaining and other women online, Mm. like, yes, this is such a problem. Um, and then when you hear more about, so they kind of like were this, this girl was sharing more about her life and just like where she's going to meet these men and what her life actually looks like. To me, it poses a lot of problems because one, she's hanging out at a lot of like bars and places like that, which I know there are classy bars. It's not all just like, wow, like weird and crazy. Like I know there are places like that where it's like, oh, you're going there. You're more classy. And it's a place where single people go to meet up, but she's going to places like that and asking like, why aren't there like conservative godly men? Like, I don't understand why Mm. they're not, you know, they don't want a real relationship. They just want like a hookup. And then later she revealed that she hasn't been plugged into a church. Like she's been kind of going to one but you know, it's just like, oh, it's hard and she just hasn't really gotten plugged in. And I think that is a very common story for a mm-hmm. lot of single women where you are going to just kind of these, you know, cultural places where single people meet. But as a Christian woman, you're not really plugging into the places where the godly men most likely will be, you know? And mm-hmm. so what I would encourage you to do, which I know Candace talked a lot yeah. about is get highly involved in a local church. Yes. I mean, that is the place for community. So if you have been lazy about this, if you have been like, oh, I just don't mm-hmm. know, or maybe you grew up at the same church, so you're just kind of there, but maybe it's not the best fit. Like maybe it, maybe you need to make a switch. Maybe you need to change to a church where there is more community, where there are more people your age. Like, I don't think that that's a problem. Like, you know, if you're like, well, all the people in my church are like 80. Well, it might, <laughs> it might be time to really explore and get plugged into a church where you can have some community at your age. Like, I think that can be a really life-giving, beautiful okay. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I, I just think as a single woman, ask yourself, like, when it comes to community and when it comes to God's design for church, am I living this out in a way that I truly think yeah. is healthy and good and right? Or am I just having a lot of complaints, but I'm not really putting myself in a place where one, I could meet a godly man, but in a place where I can thrive in this season because I have that support. I have that community. So that's my biggest challenge to you. And that's the thing that absolutely changed my life and really helped me in that season was getting highly involved in my church. Mm. And um, I joined Bible study fellowship, which BSF, I've talked about this many times. It's all over the world, literally in any country, they have these options. Um, but there was a specific one for young adults. So it was like, 18 to 40, you had to be in between that age range. You could be single or married, but I joined that just as a way to have more community on top of what I had at church and a place to put myself. That's a massive age range, 18 to 40. Well, that kind of caught me by surprise. But this is another one where I think this is fair advice. If you are a Christian person wanting to find another Christian person to date and be with, yeah, like hang out where you know other Christian people will be. I think it's totally possible to meet somebody at a bar and have a great connection and end up together and have a beautiful love story. But I guess if you're trying to like intentionally find somebody who may be primed for a relationship and might meet some of the 
I hate to say requirements, but like might align value wise. Yeah. Go to a Bible study, start volunteering somewhere, go to church events, do stuff like that where you're going to be around people who um, are in kind of like the same stage of life as you. And again, even if you don't meet somebody to be romantically involved with, you're doing something that hopefully you enjoy and you're meeting people that you can build relationships with and build friendships with, which is also, again, super duper important. And also I would maybe add, don't go to these events with the intention of, I am going to meet my future spouse here. I am going to meet a person who wants to date me here because that's just kind of putting you in the same mindset as somebody writing letters to a future spouse. You're doing something purely for the hopeful expected outcome of getting married. So again, don't let that consume everything. Don't let that be the thought that is in your head 24-7. Romantic relationships are not the end-all be-all of life. And I know that it's hard to process that and internalize it, especially as a young adult, especially if you've grown up in an environment where there has been a lot of focus on finding that spouse and getting married. But at least we're talking about it. At least we're having conversations. And at least Bethany and Kristen are bringing this up. Again, I, I do appreciate it. While there are certain things that I, I disagree on and like, um, especially like in thinking about this conversation, I'm like, okay, you know, this this all seems to be like, a good conversation. There's not anything that I find that is completely shockingly problematic in this conversation. It is also important to remember that Bethany and Kristen are pretty bigoted. And so just because I'm agreeing more, more often than not in this conversation doesn't change how I feel about their opinions in other things and how they have contributed to um, some pretty toxic mindsets and may have harmed people in their audience. Just something to keep in mind. Self out there and meet people. And I just think that is a way better route yes. than going to bars or going mm -hmm. to like, you know, um, big music festivals. Uh, I just think that if we focused more on getting involved in church, there would just be much better fruit in mm -hmm. many ways that would come from that. Yeah. Like you want to meet a godly guy. Well, be where the godly guys are. Yeah. <laughs> like it just makes sense. And didn't you meet your husband at church, by the way? <laughs> Technically. Technically. Oh. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> but like we didn't really become friends until like later on. Yeah. And then he did come to my church, but mostly because I was there. Oh, well, he was like, I'm going to go to the place where the oh, guys exactly. He was doing the guys version of that. He had his eye on one though, and he went there. Well, and you met your husband at a Christian conference. That's true. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a great play. Like, yeah. And this might be so obvious to a lot of you. Like, I know that I'm doing that. You know, it's still not working. Like, trust the Lord. It's not about just getting the guy. No, it's not about getting the guy. Like, the Lord is working in your heart and your life yeah. and sanctifying you like he did for the two of us throughout even singleness, other journeys of trust that we've been on. Like, the Lord, his ultimate goal for you, remember, isn't to bring you a man and fulfill every desire you yeah. have, but to sanctify you and to grow you and to make you more like Christ so that you will be drawn into a relationship with him. He desires a personal and intimate relationship with you. And that is what's most important, whether you're single or married, yeah. like that is the most important thing in your life. And that's what the Lord is after in your heart, in your story, in his plan for you. And so if things aren't working out according to your timeline, you can trust him because yeah. you know that he has your good in mind and your good is ultimately your sanctification, drawing you into a deeper relationship with him, which is what will satisfy you yeah. if you embrace that and lean in and pursue him. He is what ultimately satisfies us. So 
grab the book, not part of the plan, because yeah. we talked so much about trust. I mean, the whole entire book, the theme of it is trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. You share a lot about yeah. your journey of singleness. I share a lot about my journey of infertility and each of us having these longings, these desperate longings, wanting things, children, marriage that are good and beautiful and that scripture upholds. They weren't happening in our yeah. lives. And God really brought each of us to a place in our walk with him in a heart of surrender where we were able to actually thrive and glorify God and actually love our lives even in the midst of having those unfulfilled longings, like holding all yeah. of that at the same time. Like it's just amazing the work that the Lord can do. So he wants to do that work in your heart as well. So if you haven't read it, yeah. I encourage you grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan and then come on over to Instagram at Girl Define, coming out with us because we want to hear from you, especially if you're single and you've been praying for your future husband or you're married and you did that. They promoted that book like three times throughout the course of this video and it was published in 2021. So I'm curious if there are certain things in that, in that certain book where they wouldn't necessarily align with them anymore because in this video they're talking about how their their perceptions on a waiting period may have changed essentially and like what to do in that waiting period. So um, I, I'm curious when that change in perception for them kind of started happening and maybe it was before they wrote the book and that was taken into consideration as they were writing it or if this is more recent thing and they're just like, well, we have a book that's kind of about this, so <laughs> go check it out. Like, Weigh in on this conversation. We want to know, looking back, how you felt like that impacted your heart, your trust of the Lord, your view of marriage. If you're in that stage right now, what do you think about this? Like, Come dialogue with us. Come hang out with us over on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And if you appreciate this conversation, conversations like this on the Girl Defined Show, then please head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. There are many people who hate what we do, and they purposely go ah. and leave us terrible review, one-star reviews on purpose <laughs> to like drag our channel down. You can combat that. So if you're like, I love Girl Defined, you can give us a high five and a hug by leaving that five-star review. We see those. They're so encouraging, and it helps other people find the show too. So come hang out with us on Instagram, and then come back next week for another episode of the Girl Defined Show. Alrighty. Yeah, I mean, you would have to connect with them on Instagram or by leaving a review on the podcast because comments are turned off on most of their videos. But anyway, that was their video. That was um, that was interesting. Like I talked about, I, I agreed with a lot of the things that they had said. I also would like to see them further expand on those thoughts. I would like to see them take those thoughts and the reflection that they're having a step further. And again, maybe take some accountability for some things that they have pushed where they don't agree with those things anymore, particularly with um, purity culture and like modesty. Like I would really love for them to reevaluate some of the things that they have said in the past and consider the impact that it had on people who watch their channel or listen to their podcast or read their books. That would be an ideal thing for me. I would love to see that happen. I don't really expect either of them to do like a complete about face and just suddenly um, be like super progressive and have completely different beliefs than the ones that they've put on the internet for the past 10 years. But I do like seeing progress and I'm going to encourage it and be like, yes, I like it. Keep going. Let's see some more. So that's my thought on this video and it'll be interesting to see what all happens in Paul and Morgan's 24 hours with episode that they did with them. 
That's all I've got for now, though. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on everything that we talked about today. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. And while you are doing that, if you'd consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating or a review, that would be incredible. If you've done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you. And I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.